once again welcome back to another episode of Extra Reverb. Before we get this episode underway, we gotta do a little announcement. So this is gonna be our last episode for the summer, and we'll be back in a few months with some new episodes, and hopefully a completely reinvigorated spirit. Uh, it's not like we're burnt out or anything. In fact, if it was up to me, we'd do episodes every week. I agree. But our first member, Coker, sees things differently what the what the heck bro you're you're like making me out like the villain here he hates you guys he's like yeah i don't want to record i don't want you're like you're like you're you're like you're like yeah you're like yeah you're like yeah guys yeah let's go and you guys we'd love to record episodes you guys but coker's a little weenie head and doesn't want us to because he wants to actually have a summer that's that's actually what's happening Imagine imagine having a summer this post was made by producer gang imagine being still a high school student Wow. And our other member, Jacob, (laughs) actually confers with me for once. I'm an adult, so I don't have a summer. I just keep working until I die. (laughs) Yeah, Jacob's just going to be like, Jacob's going to be like the one episode of Spongebob with the dude who's like, just his days like miserable working at the office job. He has like the same exact face. He's just like, he's just, you know, wake up, traffic, work, traffic, bed. (laughs) Are you going to bed, Harold? In a minute. In a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's me every night, guys. I look out the window. I'm like, I would wish upon a star, but that star, it doesn't shine every night. One thing is constant in these podcast episodes. Jacob quoting Blink. Oh, they're just so quotable. What is that noise? Sounds like cookie clicker. Well, can you please shut the flip, shut the front door, please? Okay. What's the joke? I don't get it. It's an annoying sound. Yeah, the whole squad laughing, chief. Annoying sound. This is exactly why we're going on a season break. You got the whole cast laughing, man. And I got the whole two people laughing, bro. See, on the <laughs> we just went on a hiatus for no reason, but on this on this podcast, we're professional. We're <laughs> announcing our break. Sucker, take that. But anyways, (laughs) while we are on break, please feel free to go and stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And MySpace. That's your fancy? And and MySpace. I'm going to be real with you. If you're listening to us on Google Podcasts right now, go ahead and just click off. Just, just, we don't support you. We don't support it. (laughs) Wait, hang on. Don't be like that. Hang on. Did we actually, did we actually get it on MySpace? No, I'm just. That'd be funny if we did. I'm just playing. So if if one of you want to upload it to MySpace, you could. That's a thing, but I'm I have a MySpace, it. but I do I'm too not. for Lucid Domino, but I don't think I ever uploaded my sec my EP on it. Only my uh only my debut album. I was trying to be like Adam Young. I'll be like, oh, I'll get famous on MySpace. Yeah, it didn't work. How am I the oldest one out of all of us, and yet I'm the only one that doesn't have a MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> well, as a kid before I had Austin a Facebook, remembers I Austin MySpace remembers dial up. <laughs> But my mom wouldn't let me have a MySpace. You guys gotta remember that. Austin's that old. He remembers what dial-up is. Like, he remembers actively using dial-up. <laughs> well, not not actively, but I remember watching it work. My album has, like, no plays on MySpace. <laughs> that, that should be a sign unto you. Anyways, I just want to also say to all of you guys about the streaming. Yo, I have had such a problem trying to put the streaming links into a comment for me to pin on the episodes. This last episode that just went up a couple days ago, 
I would like add an ellipsis at the end of the comment and it would disappear from public view. I had to finagle with it for about an hour before I could get it to where I was happy and like I could actually see. Can I can the I ask you comment. can I ask you what does finagle mean? I'm also just like that, uh, play with it. I've never play I'm, with I, it, man. I, I mean, I was southern slang. You don't. You I've don't know never it? heard of that word finagle. Well, I've never heard anyone say yee yee. So. It's a millennial thing. Yeah, I'm the only millennial in the group too. These guys are Gen Z. What year were you born, Austin? Ninety eight. That's millennial, bro. Or that, I'm sorry, that's Gen Z, bro. That is Gen no, Z. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that that no, that's it ain't. Gen yeah, Z. Millennial goes until yeah, ninety nine. No. Nope. Look it up. Nope. Hold on. I'll, I'll look it up now. Gen Z's like... Gen Z. You're like those kind of people that say the decade begins in like 2001, 2011, 2021. That makes that's the no centuries. sense. I didn't make the that, rules. That's awesome. centuries. Oh, I'm going to say That's centuries, not decades. No, but like, who wouldn't want the millennial generation to extend to the end of the millennium? That uh, makes no sense. Yeah, Gen Z, Gen Z was... Gen Z was 1995 to 2015. Tom DeLonge was like, yeah, millennials are 1996 through 2010. <laughs> or Gen Z, sorry. Tom DeLonge made the rules, not me. Tom DeLonge made the rules. Tom DeLonge Coker's and Billy cousin made together. the rules of who's a millennial and who's a Gen Zer. The only thing that makes sense is extending it to 2000 because that's the new millennium. Oh, you're a nerd. You know the word millennium. Hey, that was a Windows operating system. We talk about old computer stuff a lot, so I got to mention that. Windows ME. Yeah, Millennium, Millennium. Millennium Edition. I never got to see it, though. Funny enough, it was just installed on an old computer we had that had like a 9-pin VGA cable or 9-pin oh VGA gosh. jack. It did not have a 15-pin VGA jack. Okay, so I got this from, this is from Pew Research Center. Silent Generations, 1928 to 45. Boomers are 46 to 64. Generation yes. X is 65 to 80, yep. mil- and Millennials are 81 to 96, and Gen Z's 97 to 2012. Why are we talking about this? Let's talk about something. Why are we talking audio- about this? Yeah, let's, th- let's uh, talk about something audio-related. I painted my guitar. Want to show us? Yeah. Are you satisfied sure. with it? You don't sound very enthusiastic I, I about bought it. A, <laughs> I bought a... Yeah, I know. I'm tired. I just... So I bought this kit you know it was a it's supposed to be like an es335 uh and i built it and the body of everything i made it purple at first and then i took some oil paint and some brushes and just painted on random stuff like random circles and stuff that i wanted to do on it just because i felt like that'd be cool you know but um I'll f- it's uh it's really cool i wrote like I, I didn't know where i just i just was writing whatever i could so i wrote like the word zero at one part on it because you know edgy 2000s you know and then in most of it's just like random circles and stuff you know it took like a, more than a week to dry because it's oil paint well please do show us i will i will like i can immediately get the picture like immediately yeah yeah you just like put a gun to my head you're like coker show us the picture coker do it now Ooh. Coker, coker get the picture coker get- do it now coker, coker. Coker, 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 Coker. Do you want to see your family again? You'll show us the picture. 
Coker, I'm gonna be Yeesh. real with you, Chief. If you don't show me the picture right now, I'm gonna blast <laughs> you. I'm gonna be, dude. Just a. I don't know what I'd do if I got kidnapped by someone and they put a gun in my head and they said, "Coker, I'm gonna be real with you, Chief." I'm gonna be. If that real was the first you. word. If that was, if they said, "I'm gonna be real with you, Chief," I'd probably start laughing. What What's worse, so that or the fact that they're only doing it so they can see a picture of your guitar? I really don't know. That's kind of. That's what scares me. Dude, just like, dude, Gen Z, when we get like to like the age where we start making wars and stuff, like, dude, like two Gen Z people are going to be like, like, I don't know, like the ambassador of the US and the ambassador of, I don't know, like Switzerland or whatever. I don't know what wars we're going to have. They just come up and they meet to sign the peace treaty and they just dap each other up. <laughs> like, instead of shaking hands, they just dap each other up. Jacob, do you know what that means? Do you know what dap each other oh. up means? Uh, I'm not very familiar with the term. Nope. What's up? Me neither. It's like a hand. It's like a handshake that. Imagine. I mean, we've probably done it without do. knowing what it is. Instead of war, what if it's like where you grab break? each other's hands, like make a quick lock and then let go immediately. What if instead of wars, just like leaders, world leaders just break danced? What if they rap battled, man? <laughs> Dude. Epic rap battles of warfare. Epic rap battles of warfare. You just hear nukes in the background. You know what you should... You know what you should put on this guitar? Flowers. Like paint flowers on it. I could, but I'm like a flower child guitar. I'll show you for no reason what... I'll do... I should try to do it on the like the back, because the front... I literally just got the front to dry after like 12 days, so I'm going to just... Take wait a bit before I do that. I don't know why, but I want to show you Tom DeLonge's signature guitar that they sold for a while that they don't sell anymore, which is kind of good because it's kind of ugly, but it's also kind of cool, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Dude, Billy Corgan's had like three signature guitars, and like each one is immediately like his newest one's the only one that hasn't immediately just stopped selling. He's got a one star rating on Reverb. What the Tom DeLonge guitar? Yeah. Uh, hold on. To be for what it's worth, there's only What's one review. What's wrong with that? that I it. love that. Looks awesome. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. One review. No. How did it get a there's one no, like, star I, review? I love there's that, no actual, dude. It's probably just, it's probably just a Mark Hoppus stand. <laughs> like wow. I hate Tom. Well, Mark Hoppus sold his. I love. His, I uh, love that thing man. On there too. Oh no! Wait. Now it says there's ten reviews and they're all five stars. See, I would say this is like the signature like Angels and Airwaves oh, well. guitar. See, I want to get a guitar like that, but at the same time, I love strats. They're just, they're just, I don't know. There's just something about them I like. Oh, yeah, guys. How about someone sold Billy Corgan's strat on reverb and it almost went for a million bucks? I didn't realize Billy Corgan was that big. They tried to sell it. It was $999,000. Tom's guitar would never sell for that much. It probably, like, this one, I said, it's probably Billy right Corgan. Now, like Billy Corgan grand. probably put it up. Billy Corgan probably put it up for that price. He was That's like, Billy I'm important. Strat. I'm a, like, I'm going to put my AT2020 up for sale. It's like, yeah, guys, it's worth at least half a mil. Easy. Yeah, it's at least worth 30 Gs, bro. <laughs> it's a $100 microphone. Like, yeah, this was from me. My mouth touched it. Therefore, it's it's easily worth It probably worth got my DNA five, on maybe it. Maybe 600 I breathed on it. I breathed on it. I exhaled on it. Imagine, like, you open a Wait. mic, you just go... <sighs> You put it back in the box and you go like, hey, I exhaled this. I exhaled on this microphone. It's worth a lot of money. 
Yeah, dude. Paul McCartney could probably do that. Paul McCartney just goes up to a mic, goes, <sighs> you could definitely and do that. that mic's like that mic's like fifth like fifty grand at least. Well, what he can do is just like not do it, but said he did, and people will be like, all right. Paul McCartney, like this is gonna sound weird, but it's true. Paul McCartney could fart in a paper bag, and like it would sell for like <laughs> at least like a hundred gay a hundred. You don't have to convince me, honestly. Like it's, but no, those are. So like Billy Corgan's got uh he has a signature strat and a signature guitar that he, like was designed for him by a company called Reverend. I love the Reverend one. I really if I could ever get to the point where I could get it, I would love to get it. Almost looks you like, know? like a Jaguar. Yeah, it's it's cool though. Like under like if Austin shows it on the screen, uh there's like these I little love. metal little pit guard looking things. Under each one of those is a hole to make it semi hollow. Oh that's kinda cool. How does wait? So and how do semi hollow work if it's actually covered? Is it just like a thin sheet of metal, so it doesn't really? No, no, the not like um. It makes it louder. Yeah, but it'll vibrate in the hole, regardless of whether there's a metal plate on top of it, because the vibrations aren't going to have to run into the plate. You know, the vibrations are actually coming from the body because the strings are touching the body. Yeah, I and love when they run into the uh bridge. The one thing that I love about Billy Corgan's Reverend guitar, not the Strat, the Strat's all right, but I like, you know, his custom design one, uh, is it has these pickups on it that are, I'll put a picture in chat so you can see them close up. It's a, it's sort of like Fender's wide range humbucker. They also, they make them in like, there's like white, there's a blue one, there's a purple one. I, I like that, like, uh, like that, uh, space gray kind of color. And then there's the, but, um. The pickups are like sort of like Fender's wide range humbucker. Yeah. So they have like a um based on the so like if you look you can see the high the little high strings those have like the own their single little I don't, I don't know how to phrase this it has the own little magnet on it own little pole pieces that's it it has like their own little pole pieces for the high end so like the the G the B and the E string those have their own pole pieces which gives them that single coil really twangy sound and then the low strings have a single rail that goes through the bottom strings of the e the a and the d and that gives it like a very like low end sort of like a telecaster single coil type of sound but because it's a humbucker there's no hum i've always cried there <laughs> that's kind of ironic but yeah and it gives like a very cool sound that i like and then you have like the fender telecaster style pickup so switch like, they're like hybrid pickups yeah what you're saying they're really they're it's a really Very cool sound though and i love the thing i love and i i mean like i'm just you guys probably might get this i don't know but i love like the headstock and the neck of the guitar the way it looks because if they're because like it's like a very sort of like almost roasted maple look you can't see it in the pictures very well but like it's a very sort of almost roasted maple looking neck so it's not like perfectly like yellow like a telecaster or stratocaster neck it's like a bit more of a brownish color hmm. and it's just i love this guitar honestly like and the, they also make one that doesn't have a neck pickup that's called like the Turs, i think and it only has like one pickup on it and i think it's a bit cheaper sadly i don't think they make any left-handed ones if i'm sure about that so yeah, cause rip Coker. Our our friend Coker is a, the devil's son, so he's left handed. Yeah, I'm 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 a, really um, yeah, guys. 
You seriously serious about that, man? No. Hey, for those no. of you who don't know, I'm also left-handed. I play right-handed though, because yeah, just how I learned. That's right, Jacob. Wow, so I'm the minority. I see. He's the ha! yeah. Jacob's actually the one that's outnumbered here. Go crawl in a hole and die, Jacob. You're the only right-handed. Technically, person I'm in the like group. the bridge between lefties and righties. You're ambidextrous. I can, I can really write just as good or really just as bad with either hand. My writing is terrible. Yeah. Same. I, Austin's seen my writing plenty. <laughs> I used to give him like production notes on. Uh, I would write it down instead of typing them. He's like, "Yeah, you just need to start typing them." <laughs> <laughs> can Dude, somebody? What? Can somebody who is really talented please draw some artwork of me sitting in the middle of a table, and then meanwhile on. Each side of me, there's Coker and Jacob, and Coker's yelling, Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan, and Jacob's yelling, Tom DeLong, Tom DeLong. Tommy would do it. <laughs> and you I'm get just like, yeah, that's why I, like, I started. Bro. I don't think Tommy's knows, but I started calling T Tommy T Raw, and I don't know if he's noticed. my Discord server recently started calling me Captain, and I really enjoy it because you have a because you have a superiority complex. Yeah. Who told you? Yo, about guys, that? cut this out! Cut this out! Cut this out, guys! I'm sorry, but my mom's calling me. I gotta answer this. All good. Or you know what? Unless she swears or anything, let's leave this in. Or she says anything super personal, we can leave this in. <laughs> I don't Yo. like your mom, Miss Coker. No, I'm a, I'm staying here. Okay. Yeah. Bye. All right. Love you. All right. Bye. Bye. Stupid, Mrs. Coker. What if she just started roasting him. She starts making fun of me. She, she's no, like, she starts making fun of so the big. podcast. Like, oh, are you doing that stupid audio podcast are you doing that listens that stupid to? podcast? <laughs> that audio burritos podcast. She doesn't even call us like a podcast. She's like, oh, are you talking? Are you having your little, uh, your little, uh, are you your, having uh, your little powwow? Are your friends over? <laughs> your little online your little powwow? <laughs> audio burritos <laughs> little, or something like that? Little play date. Little play date. It's a little, little play date. date. <laughs> <laughs> I consider oh, this man. a play date in some regards, dude. Okay, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask Jacob if you know what is that neck pickup on the Tom DeLonge signature. I don't know. Or is that even a pickup at all? Pickup is nice. Try. That little because you. Okay, Austin, you look at it and tell me what you think it is. Because I don't. Do you think it's just um, a cover up? It's like to cover up something. I have no idea, really. But like, it kind of looks like a Telecaster pickup. Wait a second. I was looking at the Billy Corgan guitar. I'm so dumb. Oh, I'm gonna. Uh, oh no! Look at the Tom DeLonge one and look at the. I'm sorry, Austin. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up the page. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to pull up the page now. Hold on, this one's the actually customized ES by Tom. Um, at least I think that's his. But if it's not, then it looks really similar to his actual guitar. No, let's let's no, just look at the guitar. specs. Let's just look at the specs. Oh, it's a Gibson. It's a semi hollow body ES. 333. Yeah. Um, doesn't really say what the uh, specs of this beast are. I like how he says this beast. Bro, yeah. we don't know what the specs of this beast are, bro. What kind of guitar do you think <laughs> Keemstar would have? Keemstar? Keemstar would have like the shovel with the one string on it, the yeah. new guitar. Yeah. Oh, man. All the small things. All thi we can't do that. We're gonna get copyright. Tom DeLonge's gonna take down this video, and he's dude. Gonna he's gonna discover this podcast. Hey, Tom, how much hey, I Mr. Talk Tom about DeLonge, if you if you do take the trouble to take down this podcast, please uh, tell us what pickups you have in that guitar. Dude, We'd what really if we like to know? What if we got Tom DeLonge on the podcast? Like, that's partly possible. 
I'm gonna put you on that. Yeah, I'm gonna send Tom, and you can do that. Let's get him on. Want. Let's get you him can... on interview. If I can get him on the interview during the season hiatus, screw you. We're at like make it work. It's we're gonna record that. That's gonna be okay. awesome. Punk, you didn't have to be so rude. I believe you. I'm sorry. We're I'm sorry. Make it work if you try and get him. I'm on sorry. The podcast. I didn't mean to be rude. I'm just very passionate about Tom DeLong on the podcast. Yeah, I kind of get that, man. Having Tom DeLong on this podcast would be like us trying to get 7K on the other podcast. I know, I know. Anyways, Let's get on um, both podcasts. 7K. <laughs> he can talk about his musical endeavors on here while on the other podcast. He can talk about his, uh, I don't know, his, like, the whole meme aspect of it, you know, and how that affected him. Bruh. What if he did the interview on that, uh, on that podcast in his 7K voice? <laughs> Oh, right. He's just like talking the entire time and be like, this is about to die, bruh. I'd be fine with that. Okay, moving on. Oh, before we, we move on. Do have anything to move on to? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be recording for a while, but uh, try not to forget this fact. By the t- next time we record, I'm going to have an additional four base traps in my room. I currently have eight, but I will have 12 by the time we're back, maybe even more sound absorption thing absorption things in here. We'll see. But I'm I got more bass traps. It should be here tomorrow. I'm surprised it didn't come in today. It's kind of dumb. You guys, let's go. Reverend sells the lefty Billy Corgan signature. He found it. I don't believe I it. I found it, guys. It's only one thousand one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Cheaper Watch than the Tom DeLong guitar. This dude's gonna sell Dude. his Rickenbacker knockoff and. Uh, get yeah. that thing. But he's gonna have, say like, it's the real okay, deal. Look, okay, being real, being real, I have a quote-unquote guitar fund in my room, which is basically a giant Coca-Cola piggy bank with a bunch of change <laughs> and Coca-Cola. cash in there. It's a Coca-Cola Shut piggy up. bank. That was my nickname in third grade. That's what people called me in third That's grade. That's what we're gonna call But it's you a good in, one. It's a good one. Now grade. I've lived with that nickname my entire life. It's a good one though. I call you Coke bottle. But no, like um I have I literally like every time like I find something and like want to add it, you know? Like I literally go to like a Google Doc and like add up the money. So like I think I have like 400 bucks now. See, I just use a credit card like, out. Think about it. I'm like Yeah, so Jacob's in like massive credit card debt. It's like $1000, never heard of it. Credit card debt. Yeah. Credit card debt. <laughs> I'm surprisingly not in credit, credit card, card debt. debt. I'm actually, I have good credit. credit. <laughs> not to flex, but it's pretty good for now. Jacob's Jacob's going to be a massive credit card debt. We're going to have to bail him out of it. Credit card debt. Credit card debt. Credit card debt. <laughs> no, you can sing it. Is that in a the, family uh, guy bit? That sounds yeah, you can guy. sing it. You can sing it in the, um, in the same rhythm as Megalovania. Credit card debt, credit card debt, credit card debt, credit card debt. <laughs> Messed it up pretty good. Nice. You know, I got a uh, I got an Echo Dot for like eight bucks the other day. It's just been sitting here in the box. I think I want to like test it out just for the speaker because it seems like it's a pretty good speaker, honestly. Jacob, you know you can add like two Echo, like because I have an Echo, like the regular Echo. You can connect like a dot and an Echo. And like have it so like I could be like, uh, go check up on Jacob, and it'll like ring you in your house. <laughs> you know, I have a brand, I have a brand new Google Home too. That's just sitting in my closet. I wish I could sync them up. Come on, dude. I get them for like free. Like I got the 
I got the Google Home for free, and then I got the Echo Dot for eight bucks. I just wait until like they do like a okay, deal. Okay, that gets me talking. I gotta bring up some. I gotta rant here, everybody. So how about Uh-oh. so? There's this company called Eastwood Guitars in Canada. I love their stuff. They recreate. They recreate and they recreate a bunch of guitars and stuff, and they're from like Canada. And okay, and look, they had a competition, and the competition was that if you like entered in and you won, you would get a guitar that they had made a fretless guitar for free i entered in i literally had like a couple hundred entries because i've just every day get me some new entries and then they just never continued with it it ended and they just never said who won wow i don't know Did how they th- say like they were just gonna email who won like email the they, person yeah, they, and not ever they say said, it publicly? no they said they, they said they were gonna announce it that's weird. Oh. They should still say something publicly, like even if it's like a like they emailed you or something. Like, all right, someone they can at won, least say, by the way. Yeah, thank you for entering in the competition. But no, no, they didn't. They just like were like, and it still says to this day, winners haven't been picked yet, and it was supposed to end back in March. It happens to the best of us, buddy. I'm sorry. Credit card debt. Credit I'm going to find debt. Mr. Eastwood, and I'm going to like, we're going to like have a big yelling battle. I'm going to yell at him really badly. Feel good. That's not that's not how the song goes. So, with that in mind, um, knock knock. Hmm. Knock knock. Who's there? Apple. Apple who? Orange. Orange who? Orange. Orange who? Orange. Orange who? Apple. Apple who? Are you kidding me right now? Aren't you glad I didn't say orange again? Orange who? Got him. <laughs> Freaking <laughs> got him! <laughs> oh, dude. I love how, like, this is, like, supposed to be, like, a like a bittersweet moment, the last episode of the first season. And then, like, we're just sitting there being like, knock, knock. This is content, <laughs> there? This is how Who's we, there? This is how we show, this is how we show our true feelings, you know? This is why we're not, we're not, we're taking a break from each other. <laughs> okay, but seriously, um. Seriously, seriously, what? Did I ever get the chance to talk about True Peak? The show? No, not Twin Peaks. True Peak. Twin Peaks is a good show, dude. No. Well, okay. So you know how, like, streaming services and YouTube don't run at at uh, 0 dB peak and negative 6 RMS? Yes. So, like, I've been learning that if you are trying to master your song and, like, your song is mainly going to be heard on streaming services, you shouldn't have to worry about the uh about getting it up to like negative six db rms which is really hard to do or zero db peak that's why people use the luff scale instead which roughly corresponds like the target for those is usually between negative 15 luffs and uh like negative 12 to 10 luffs which usually corresponds to about three negative three to negative six decibels of peak yeah but anyways, um, so about that, there's a reason why. True peak. You know, like when you use a limiter, it's a brick wall. It will not let the sine waves go above a certain level. Say you set it at zero dB. 
it will not let the sine waves go above zero dB, and it will instead break them off and turn them into square waves, which causes a bit of distortion if it's overdone. Problem is, speakers don't necessarily have those meters. Like, when you send a signal into a speaker, it has no idea that it's at zero dB FS, right? Yeah. And uh, speakers will actually start to distort because the way that the acoustic waves behave when they're resonating in the speaker cone, since they turn back into sine waves, they will briefly go over zero dB. Does that make sense? Because, like, the speakers... Yeah. Especially in cheaper speakers that don't have built-in limiters, still, like, when they turn back into acoustic waves, they're going to be rounded. They're not going to be bricked off. So that's the big reason why these streaming services want you to master to a lower level. So, long story short, the loudness wars are over. Ha, oh, we got them, guys. We did it. The extra reverb gang did it. We did yeah, it, guys. We, the loudness, loudness wars war are is over. over. We ended them. That's canon. Every, yeah. Okay, okay. That's canon. We ended the loudness wars. We're taking we're taking the credit for that. Yeah. We're claiming that we ended the loudness wars. And uh, we already know that Yasutaka Nakata won the loudness wars. Like, we already, we already saw that. Yasutaka Nakata ran up the RMS level on some of his masters up to negative three. But long story short, you shouldn't worry about that because, yeah, believe it or not, it's going to overdo things. Personally, I think that mastering to negative 10 dB luffs is fine. That's a bit louder than most people would go for. But I don't know. I kind of like that whole uh, wall of sound sort of thing. Note, this is not the same as the actual wall of sound from Phil Spector. Yeah, that's the wrecking crew, bro. Tell him. The wrecking crew, bro. Don't, don't talk. Some, don't say anything about the wrecking crew, bro. They'll, they'll make a, they'll make like thirty hits within a week. <laughs> Yo, I learned that Bruce Springsteen kind of brought back the wall of sound on his uh, "Born to Run" album. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, what is it on? Like some of those songs literally sound like Broadway musical songs from like two thousand eight, and they were made in seventy five. What is it? Um, very impressive. I mean, I know they used the wall of sound for um one Ramones album. They did uh my favorite Ramones album, End of the Century, has a track on it called it's a cover of a Phil Spector song called Baby I Love You, and Phil Spector brought back some of the workers from the wall of sound or the Wrecking Crew to record on it. Very nice. And if you listen to it, it sounds completely different from anything the Ramones ever did because it's like a 60s pop song, you know. Of course. How do you guys feel about laugh tracks? Because I, I watched something interesting the other day about the history of the laugh track and how it came to be. And it's like, like so apparently they had something called a laugh box, which were these two boxes that this guy invented that had tapes of people laughing. Like, not people, but, like, a single person would laugh, and he'd record it and put it in this box. And so, like, you could press the buttons on the box, and you would get different laughs, and you could mix the laughs together to make it sound like a bunch of people were laughing. And that's how, like, all those old laugh tracks back in the 60s and 70s were done. They sound better than current laugh tracks, by the way. I heard that yeah, laugh tracks better. were recorded. A lot of them were recorded a long time ago, meaning... The laugh tracks yeah. you're hearing now are laugh tracks of dead people because it was recorded a long time ago. Well, so a lot of them are probably I don't know dead. about that. They were probably recorded in like the 80s and 90s. 
Well, the laugh tracks you hear, yeah, the They're laugh still tracks you hear now were like, dead people, oh yeah, yeah, definitely strong possibility. Uh, you know, like those sixties and seventies ones. It's I think that's a crazy idea though. He it was like a literal box, and it would have like. You know, like it would have like a picture of a little girl on one of the box, and that would tell you that that's a laugh from a little girl. And it would like vice versa with every type of person you could name, you know. And they would just sit there and they would just mix all the buttons together to make it sound like a group of people were laughing. And that's how like Andy Griffith and, you know, all those old sitcoms back in the 60s and 70s did it. Monkeys. The monkeys, yeah. And that's how that's, that's how they sound so good, you know. Until Laugh tracks are like. Second season. Yeah. Laugh tracks are, like, insanely essential. I don't think people realize it. Like, laugh tracks were needed at that time. And nowadays, obviously not. You know, a lot of the best shows out there are <laughs> ones that don't use laugh tracks. But I feel like people, you know, give the laugh track a bit too much hate because it truly was that. Like, for example, there was a... So you guys know, obviously, you guys know the Cosby show. Like, the 80s one, mm-hmm. you know, the big old... Yeah, the very popular sitcom... Well, Bill Cosby had another sitcom before that that was called The Bill Cosby Show. Not The Cosby Show, but The Bill Cosby Show. And he refused to let them have a laugh track on it. And you want to know something? That show absolutely failed. But the one that did have a laugh track in the 80s absolutely was a huge success. Well, you know how uh, they had, like, I think either Vanessa or Rudy say this show was filmed in front of a live studio audience? Yeah. So it technically wasn't even a laugh track. You know, Bill Cosby, though, he was used to performing in front of audiences. So yeah. I guess it makes sense. And I think, uh, and, you know, he blamed it on the failure of the first one on the fact that it didn't have a laugh track. And I feel like that's very, like, that's very plausible because, I, because you know, you people forget the psychological effects that a laugh track has on somebody. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of, not, it's sort of, not negative, obviously, but it's sort of like applies group, you know, psychology to it. It applies like Hey, group. we're laughing. You should too. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like, laugh, you're the odd one out. Haven't you learned your lesson? Be one of us. Be cool. Fit in. The, dude, laugh. the laugh track's just like some like high school jock peer pressuring you into laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I give so bro, what do you mean? You're not gonna laugh. I'll give you two hundred dollars. I'll give you two hundred dollars. I'll give you I'll give bro. you I'll stop taking lunch money, bro. I can I stop uh you guys, your head into your locker, bro. Look, you're telling me you're gonna be the only dork. I give you two hundred dollars. I give you my coke. You uh, told me you're gonna be loser. the only dork that didn't laugh, laugh at Sheldon right saying Bazinga. Now. He said Bazinga, bro. You're a nerd <laughs> if you don't laugh at that. Yo, speaking of that, what are you um, a geek? Have you ever seen Bazinga. that video, Big Bang Theory? But only one person finds it funny. No. no. Oh, it is. It's a classic. I'll see if I can find it. In the meantime, in the meantime, Coker, why don't you talk to us about Big Star's producer John Fry and the info oh, that he gave yeah. us into the console and monitors. Because I found this pretty interesting, too. You guys know Big Star, right? Nope. Coker's talked about it a few times. And they're, like, right next to groups like Badfinger and, you know, Smashing Pumpkins. Is They're one of my biggest influences in music, which is Big Star. I can go on about them. Just know that they were from Tennessee. They released three albums, none of which were successful in their time. And then... 20 years later, they became massively successful. And in fact, if, you, if you've watched that 70s show, the theme song to that 70s show is In the Street, which was by Big Star. 
So just that's just real quick synopsis, you know, doesn't really go into a whole lot of detail. So their first album, I've always loved the sound of it. Most people like the sound of their second album, which has songs like September Girls and Back of a Car and I'm in Love with a Girl. Though That album is good, but a lot of people, I feel like too many people go after that one. And I feel like the best sound that Big Star had was from their first album called Number One Record. Uh, and I've been trying to sort of get a hold on that sound for a long time. It's the reason why I bought a Fender Champ. It's the reason why I bought I was given a Stratocaster. You know, it's you know because a lot of those things influence the sound. And so I recently tried to figure out the sound of one of their biggest songs, "The Ballad of El Gudo," and I figured out some things. So I used to always think so. The opening of the song has this riff played on a Stratocaster. Uh, I believe it's the neck pick. I believe it's the bridge pickup, but I could be wrong. And it's, I thought at first it was a chorus pedal, but I actually later found out it wasn't. It's something called a, it's something called a univibe, which is uh, an effect that a lot of bands have used. Basically, backstory on the univibe is they tried to make a pedal to sound like a, uh, I can't remember the term now. To make it sound like an organ cabinet. And they thought it would work, but it didn't work. And it ended up making this completely different sound. And Jimi Hendrix really liked it. So Jimi Hendrix is known for... Like, if you listen to the Woodstock performance that he did, he uses the Univibe on that. A lot of bands have used the Univibe. So, you know, it's it's a completely different thing from chorus. It's you. It sounds like chorus at some points, but it's not. There are a lot of telltale signs about Univibe that make it different from chorus. Uh, bands, a lot of shoegaze music is done with it. Shoegaze was a huge genre that used Univibe. And so that's what I used. That's what I really, you know, like to use when I use make Big Star songs, you know, is when I try to recreate Big Star songs is Univibe because it's what they used. And then eventually I ended up going even deeper and Austin me and him were sort of looking at this, trying to go deeper and look at what miking techniques and what production te- techniques they used. And so I went and I found an interview with John Fry, which was the producer for the first two Big Star albums. And he gave like a whole interview and talked about it. And it was a, it's definitely interesting. He talks about what they use. So basically, they used isolation booths for the for the amps. They didn't want the amps to pick up any sort of drums or anything, so they would put them in iso booths, and they would use condenser or dynamic mics. And I he never really went into what the positions of them were. They he never really said if they were off center. They never he never really said that, but it, we know at least like what mics and stuff he used. And he talked about miking the drums and everything too. However, I'm not really I don't remember that off the top of my head, sadly. But it's a very interesting thing, and I'll find it so Austin can link it for you guys to read it. It definitely it not only, you know, works as a way to like hear and listen about how Big Star did their whole thing. It um it also sort of acts as a sort of way of how in the seventies people recorded in general, he talks about moving the studio and going from a four track in 67 to an eight track in 68 and then to a 16 track in 71. I wonder how different the Beatles sound would have been if they had used a 16 track. They didn't have them. 
until like 1970, I think. But Abbey Road. If they had like Abbey Road was the only album to be done on a 16 track, I think. Oh, okay. So they had them a little bit before 70, but uh, that was the last yeah. one recorded, right? And then let it yeah. was the last one. Yeah. But like, if they even if even if they had like an eight track throughout all their run, would have been interesting. I know the first eight track was actually invented in uh, nineteen fifty eight, but it was very exclusive. It's pretty cool, you know, just listening. Like he talks about he talked about how they got George Harrison's. So like, the, if there's a little, there's only like one part in Big Star's first album that you hear a synthesizer. And believe it or not, the synthesizer they used was George Harrison's Moog synth that he used for Abbey Road. Because George Harrison, they were the only place at that time where they could really, like, repair it and get new ones and repair it. And so they, uh, and so they, George Harrison sent his in to their studio. And yeah, they ended up just sending him a new one and keeping his. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Okay, well, anyways, um, very interesting indeed. And we'll have a link to the song that he was wondering about. They, um, I remember he talked about how they used... Um, one of the things that they use, they would do is they would record guitar bits, erase them, and then like record a completely different guitar bit so that you would hear like this weird like hidden guitar in the background just due to how rough, you know, production stuff back then was, you would still hear it a tiny bit, which is something interesting, at least to me. He also talks about how they had their own, like, reverbs and stuff. So he would have, they would have, like, three plate reverbs, one dry, one medium, and one completely wet. And then the same thing would be for, like, reverb chambers, and that he would just mix those together to get, like, the sound of those records. And... The way he talks about it is insane, too, because he talks about how, you know, because they had no, like, delay cables. They would have to do everything with, like, tape and stuff. They couldn't just have pre-delay that goes through a cable and everything. It would have to be, they would have to get a tape machine and and recreate and actively make pre-delay. Huh. That's interesting. That's true. We forget how good we have it now. We're like, oh, I want this on my guitar or on my mic. Just boop. It's there. You have it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to remember, like, in that time, if you wanted reverb on your, like, record, there was spring reverb, which was the smallest at the time, and then there was plate reverb, which was huge, but not as big as the biggest one, which was a reverb chamber. Uh, There's, like, a reverb chamber in Abbey Road Studios that is, and you look at it, it's literally the size of, like, a public bathroom, and it has, like, a bunch of pillars up there, and they would have to, like, they had a speaker in there. It, literally, they would just play the song in that room or whatever track they needed and record it back to the you know. I bet tape that sounded better though in. than like artificial reverb, or at least like it's cooler. You know. Well, there's yeah, there's plugins that do that now. Uh, yeah. Like, I I have them, which is a uh, the Waves Abbey Road collection. So like, I actually have it. Actually, has the same plate reverb that Big Star and them used, which was the EMT. Series. I talked about reverbs. this before on this podcast, but I saw this one guy sing uh, the Halo theme inside a silo, like an empty silo. And to this day, I'm so convinced. Like, I want a reverb for that because it sounded so good, in my opinion. Well, you know, and then um, you have sample reverb now, which is yeah, convolution. Bigger, you know, yeah, and you know, like I've, I, my two biggest reverb plugins that I use are 
just still to this day the Abbey Road chamber reverb and the EMT plate yeah. reverb plugins. Rule of thumb. I just like the sound of them. Above rule of thumb regarding reverb: if you want the reverb to stick out, try an artificial algorithmic type reverb or a plate, which is technically artificial. Before there was artificial, before there was digital, there was plate. Yeah. And if yeah. you want it to kind of blend in with the rest of it, use a more natural one, like a convolution or an impulse response, or just use like a just use like a room or a hall. Yeah. I know for a... Uh, You'd also like duplicate a track you want reverb on and then like put it yeah. on that one track and leave the other one dry to kind of... To do different blending techniques. Yeah, but That's I a mean, cool one. I well, then I use that I use would be the same thing as doing it as just sending it, like which is bus. what you're supposed to do anyways. You're just supposed to use reverb as a send. Yeah, I'm lazy. I usually I don't do that most of the time. I just throw it on the thing itself. I should stop. I mean, doing reason that. reason only has a limit of of eight sends. Yeah, it has like eight that you can do. So, Grant, I don't usually need oh. more than eight sends though. Logic's is like logic is like. 500, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's like 512, yeah. 256. Yeah, that's something reason. 256 so. buses and Revamp. then 256 oxes. Well, I heard they're revamping the but whole, um, like, UI. Like, not like the whole UI, but they're trying to make it look just better and, and compare up to other DAWs. Oh, but it does look nice. It does I like look it. nice. I, I think it's more of a uh, display thing. Like, it, it doesn't look as good on, like, certain monitors, like, bigger monitors and stuff. So I hmm. believe that's what they're working on, just getting, like, a better, I think, I think it's DPI or something like that. Just to make it look better. I don't know, but I know they're the working one thing, on some there's kind of like revamp. One, I don't know if it's gonna be a big thing or just a resolution type of uh, patch. Guess how many sends you're allowed to have in Studio One? How I'm many? guessing it's unlimited. Like a thousand. It is unlimited. Oh, wow. Back, hey. Austin back with the whole Studio One is superior. Austin, if it's so Austin good, Studio One, then game. why does no one use it? Why does everyone not Adam, use it? Adam does. Adam, Adam, I have does. not seen him use Studio One. Who is Adam? Who's this Adam? It's Adam Young from Owl City. Bro, why is he still young? Can he grow up? True. No, he physically cannot. He physically cannot. He is his name is young for a reason. He's actually he's not that young, young anymore. He's like 33, 34 now. Yeah, I mean I thought he was like in his forties. No. Growing old is required. It is unavoidable. Growing up, however, is optional. Well, Adam Young was like 14 years old when I was born. So Okay. Yeah, he's that. Th- 33. Anybody with a calculator could have figured that out. I doubt anyone but- would, though! <laughs> Why would they? Oh, he's 34 now? I wonder how old he was when Jacob was born. Let me grab my calculator and do the math! Let me, let me grab my... Yes. Let me grab my TI-84 graphing calculator Texas and figure TI-84 out. Let me grab my Texas TI-84 graphing calculator and figure That's out how right, old dude. Jacob was an... when Adam Young... Oh, wait. How old dude, Jacob actually, was no. when, when... I don't have an 87. Adam I have a Casio. Jacob was I borrowed born. an 87 one time. Uh, my school <laughs> let us... Uh, we rented uh, TI-84, the nice ones from the library. I know public schools years. get them. Like, they get them in, like, boxes and crap. And it's, like, a federal crime to steal them because they're, like... It's government stuff. Yeah. Oh well. That doesn't stop people though. But um that's not we're not talking about crimes. We're talking about well, big start. <laughs> smoking crack is illegal. That doesn't stop people uh, from doing it. What's the point? The one thing there's really? one sound that I've Am like wrong? always the one sound that like I've always wondered is 
is like so there's a track by Big Star called September Girls and it opens up with this riff and it's been always it's always been up for debate what this riff is played on like there's arguments and stuff over what was played on some some people say some people say it was a strat some people say it was like a um a bar- some people one person said it was a baritone guitar and everyone just clowned on him cuz it's too high up to be a baritone guitar and then the biggest one which is what i honestly believe it is a it's a fender mando it's like an electric mandolin that Fender made. Posted. Yeah. And it's like, but the thing I love about it is how it's just drenched in reverb. Like it's, you'll hear it. It's just absolutely soaked in reverb for some reason. How do you reason. soak something in reverb? You give it, get a damp cloth and wipe it down. Oh, really? Yeah, but no. Um, I think what's funny is is how that what the terms dry and wet come from. It literally comes from the fact that with those reverb chambers, they would literally, if you wanted it to be like more reverb, you would literally add more. Like you would make the room more damp with water to make it like it would. You would literally make the room more wet to get it. Huh. Like yeah, that's how they would do it in Abbey Road. They would literally like they get like buckets of water. Or at least I th- that's why they're always connected to plumbing. And that's why they always have the little, like, little drain pipe drains at the bottom of them. Is because they would literally add water to the room to make the reverb more wet. That's where the terms wet and dry come from. Very interesting. Fascinating tip. Fascinating bit of... Uh, history. Yeah, history. Trivia yeah. there. Little trivia. Well, I'm listening to it now. Honestly, to me, that sounds like a strat. That's what I think. What do you think, Jacob? I'm not listening to it. Should I be? Nope. Not with that attitude. (laughs) Anyways, we're almost done. I'm listening to it now. We have time for one more topic. I bet it was the Tom DeLonge guitar. Yeah, (laughs) they've brought the Tom DeLonge. No, it was the Billy Corgan signature Reverend guitar. They brought it back. They were like... Like, look at these pickups, bro. Whoa. Whoa. I forgot they're from Tennessee, so they have like thick southern accents. Bro. Bro. Look at this. Bruv, look, that, look at this right here. Cool, that's such a cool pickup, bro. That's a cool guitar, bro. <laughs> there's like one guy from Big Star who's Chris Bell. He literally, like, it, there's audio of him talking. He literally had like the full on, like, yee yee bubble act. He was like, he, he, like, like they were talking about, he's like, I don't think the tape machine's working, man. I think we got to fix it. We gotta fix it, man. Then it sounds completely different. It, right. Like, like it, it's insane how different he sounds on it. And like, uh, like when yeah, he man. sings, he like when he whenever lay off me, man, lay off me. Yeah, like whenever he would sing, it sounds like he's like straining his voice purposely. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but I do know like he did it purposely to get that. Like that's how his voice cracks so yeah. much and stuff. They should have like they should have hired us, Scoob. We can do it. Like so we, we don't have to spend an hour screaming. I was like, able to get my voice to sound really Scoob. I was able to get my voice to um to sound relatively deep when I just scream like songs in the car. So I'm wondering if I should do that before recording yeah. like every episode. That kind of so helps guess, me too. So I can sound like a hit. It, I really want to figure out how to add grit to my voice because like I want to like I'll be singing songs. <laughs> Like the closest like I ever got to adding grit to my voice was when I was like, because whenever I do it, I sound like a like a fifth grader trying to sing like a metal song. 
Like, I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm doing it, yeah. And it's like, it sounds weird. It sounds like... It doesn't sound good. Maybe you just weren't meant to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, You bro. know, I found, a, I found a good Blink-182 song that I feel like is in my range. Uh, I'm going to send that to you guys. What's it called? But Paper Planes? It, it doesn't need to be Tuesday. a topic. I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> it's called Paper Planes. called Paper Planes Part 2. They they got it before it has I did. DJ Khaled screaming at the beginning <laughs> of it. DJ Khaled! Paper Planes! We yeah. make we the best oh, music! We just can't yeah, describe. Yeah. DJ Khaled! <laughs> we the best music! <laughs> another one another one have you seen the video of DJ Khaled like riding a golf cart or like a shopping cart <laughs> no he's like at the bottom of a shopping cart that for some reason has a motor on it. he's like doing like zero turns like he's not even moving he's just like spinning around in a circle <sighs> that might be a good place to yeah true what if we did that? We got like a like a like a like a filler in for Coker. While he's I gone. still I swear I said this in one of like the first episodes of the podcast, and I'll say it again. I swear there's somewhere down the line me and Austin are related. I will like put money on that. Go do that ancestry somewhere, and find out. Somewhere down the line, me and Austin are related. Do ancestry, guy. I dare you. Imagine we find out like Jacob's Jacob's like great great like ancestors before they came over to California were like like Jebediah Eastler from South Carolina. Probably. Yeah, he ends up closer related to you than me. Oh my gosh, that'd be funny. It would. Anyways, um so anyways, if you've watched the whole episode or if you've left a like or maybe you're just uh, skipping around and you just happen to skip to the end, thank you guys so much for listening. Imagine yeah, watching a podcast and a just skipping to the end. Like, yeah, I just want to know. I just want to see how it wraps hey, don't, up. Don't lie, man. Don't lie. You've you've done that before. We've all done I that. I haven't actually. Why would I? Thank Why? you guys for oh, what's at the, the end that's so important. I think what I like is well, that we've had enough viewers to even get to the point of having a season one, which is blame Coker good. for the end <laughs> of season one. I hope we can have a I hope we can sort of keep, you know, have a new interests, you know, in season two and hopefully we'll get even better as season two comes. I'll make the intro for season season two. It's just Jacob like beatboxing. It's just beat Jacob like sampling like Thanos scratch that just like Don't give me ideas. Don't give me ideas. I'm sure we will find ways to Angels and Air ways fill our days. Uh be sure to be looking out on Spotify for Coker's new album. It's coming out next month. Mm-hmm. And uh, future efforts from me and Jacob, too. I'm currently working on a video that should be out next week. When did I say I'm I had an album coming that out right next now. month? Hmm? When did I say I had an album coming out next month? I thought you had a announcement posted in our chat. No, I had, uh, I had I'm working on an album. It might be out soon. I said... Yeah, and I said, when do you think it'll be done? You said sometime in July, man. Coker has a 27-track uh, yeah, album be done. I don't think month. it's going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> this man holding his content from you. 
Wow. Okay. But why anyways, has why he's, is he's hoarding it? Why That's what have, he's doing. He's why hoarding has the it. beginning and the end I of guess. this podcast been just vilifying me? Like first it was first it was you guys. We really want to keep this podcast going, <laughs> but Coker's such a stinky doo doo head. He wants to take a break, and then now it's like Coker's holding back his album because he doesn't want to give you guys it. Well, I mean, it's technically not incorrect. Is the problem? It is. I mean, yeah, I don't want to give it to you guys yet because it's not finished. <laughs> I'll have you guys know that there will be no new music from me, but it is being worked on, so stay tuned. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob McDonald's second album now coming out 2030. Holding. It takes forever, okay? It takes a lot of work and patience and tears. Kindness. Kindness, yeah. Well, on that note, uh, see ya. See you guys. Loser. I love you. Love you. And I want you.